what BPI does and the BPI um, curriculums that are offered by our by the training centers and test centers is it educates you on what those different problems are that could be caused. It's important is it reduces callbacks, right? Ooh. Because the last thing you want to do is winner, uh, winner. Yes, you do not want to have an unhappy customer. This is the one and only, the original podcast where you can find yours and your business's true value. You're listening to Our Value. Brought to you by America's insulation source, IDI Distributors. You want to hear from the best contractors, suppliers, and consultants that dedicate themselves to more than just survival in the business world? Industry professionals that are dedicated to excellence in every aspect of their business? Our Value has them all here to share that same motivation and knowledge with you. Tune in and grow a more successful, profitable, educated, and recognized business. Listen to the Our Value podcast to become the industry leader in your market. Find your value with Our Value. Welcome to the R-Value Podcast. Ken Allison here, and today we are going to dive into BPI. That does not stand for the Bigger Pizza Initiative. In fact, I have with me Larry Zarker and John Jones. And Larry, what what is BPI? What What's the history? Well, BPI is the Building Performance Institute. We were founded in New York State back uh, 28 years ago uh, as a nonprofit, really focusing on the uh, low-income weatherization program, trying to make sure that there were standards in place and qualifications for the workers so that they were delivering high-quality work. That evolved into a set of certifications that we have um, uh, over 100 test centers around the country who provide training around those standards, and then they certify the workforce to do the work of upgrading our existing homes. So why did you get involved, Larry? I grew up in the Midwest in a home building family. So I used to spend summers building houses with my dad. And then after um, uh, college and graduate school, I got um, my first job in um, the Home Builders Research uh, Foundation, the NHB Research Foundation, and became later the Research Center. And I spent 20 years on uh, research and innovations for uh, new homes and and for the remodeling industry, working with manufacturers on new products and getting them tried out in real homes. And it was just a natural for me to move over to BPI. Um, So really my entire career has been built around our homes, our existing homes and our new homes and trying to make them better. So John, what about you? Why, Why BPI? So I was a HVAC contractor in New York uh, in the later 90s, and uh, I also had a, an education or a degree in education specializing around the trades. And so I was doing business and industry training for one of the vocational technical schools in uh, Syracuse, New York, and they were going to start doing some training and certification around BPI. And we're talking, this is like 1998, 99. And um, they asked if I would attend a couple of the classes and att- obtain one of the certifications and, and then see if uh, we could start training that through the business and industry network. And my first class, I was like blown right away because it was something new. Uh, you know, as an HVAC contractor, you think you know it all, or as any contractor, you think you know it all until you have your eyes opened up and you're like, oh my goodness, what is, what is this stuff? And and I got really, really interested in it. And I started doing more and more training on it. 
And then I became certified for most of the BPI disciplines on the um, single family homes. I didn't venture into the multifamily homes, but I stayed in the single family home side of it. And I became um, one of the main trainers uh, throughout uh, New York State and throughout the Northeast. And at that time there, and I started the New York Energy Research and Development Authority, was uh, implementing a program for single family homes. Uh, and they were requiring BPI certification and BPI accredited contractors to participate in the program. So I was doing a lot of that training for those contractors uh, that were participating in the New York program. And after about four or five years, um, I was asked to join the NYSERDA program. And um, I stayed with it until 2010. And then uh, Larry asked if I had any interest in joining BPI. I said, sure, why not? And so I did. I moved over to BPI and stayed with it. So BPI has been part of my blood since 98, 99. Matter of fact, I did get my first certification in 1999. It was a CO analyst certification. And uh it was really something that opened up my eyes to all of the world of building science at that time. Even though I was, a, I was an HVAC contractor, which tech, are typically technology specific, it opened up my eyes to what was actually happening in a house. So, John, since you said you came at this from a contractor, I, I love that. So what benefits, you know, what does this do for contractors? What do you think the top three benefits really are? So the first benefit is it makes them smarter. Right. So it makes what you're doing as a contractor uh, more inclusive of what you're working on. So when you're working on a house as an insulator or working on a house as another type of contractor, it increases your knowledge of that product that you're working with, whether it be insulation, whether it be whatever. So now what that does is it allows you to be more intelligent of the product that you're working with and the product that you're working on, that being both you know, the insulation and the house or whatever product it is you're installing in that house. So well, what, and I want to ask you on that. Doesn't it also increase your knowledge of, you know, because obviously our guys don't work on mechanical systems, but well, actually we have some HVAC contractors, but, but doesn't it also, if I go in to BPI as an insulator, isn't it going to increase my knowledge of all of the systems in the house and what the HVAC is supposed to really be doing? Yes. So, yes. So basically what, what you're getting at is the fact is, is that everything that you do as an installation contractor will have an effect on how that house operates. You may or may not know what that is. What this does is this, what BPI does and the BPI um, curriculums that are offered by, our by the training centers and test centers is it educates you on what those different problems are that could be caused um, and how to mitigate those problems and how to avoid those problems which is another, the third reason why I think it's important is it reduces callbacks, right? Ooh. Because the last thing you want to do is- Winner, have, winner. Yes, absolutely. You do not want to have an unhappy customer, right? You, you don't want to have callbacks. You don't want to have all of a sudden I got mold in my house. All of a sudden I got an odor in my house. All of a sudden something's not right. So this makes you a much smarter contractor. It, it educates you on both the house and the product that you're putting in and it reduces callbacks. Those are probably the three top things. As a business owner, um, you want to make sure that your crews have the ability to deliver on what they're promising. You don't, as John said, you don't want callbacks, but you also want to ensure that they're delivering comfort, health, safety, durability, and the energy efficiency. And the 
uh, technicians who learn how to seal properly. We have an air leakage control certification. They learn how to air seal. They learn how to insulate properly. And that makes a big difference in the comfort that customers actually experience. I totally agree with that. In fact, I, I prefer to try and get most of our guys to see themselves as building performance specialists. You know, you, you can't really control an environment until you seal it up. And they're certainly doing the air sealing. And in some cases now they're getting into ventilation. So now back at the core, I, I remember, you know, doing this in 2011, but the the BA certification, can, can you kind of lay out what the idea is and, and what exactly is a building analyst? Building analyst is a person who has um, learned about the house as a system. They understand that um, there are thermal boundaries in a house and pressure boundaries in a house that, that can affect comfort. So with that training and that experience, they can go into a home and assess where the issues are and create a prioritized plan of action to improve the comfort and energy efficiency of a home. That's at its core what it is. It gets a lot more complicated than that, but it need not be very complicated. Um, we were talking earlier about the um, um, sealing up a home and insulating properly. When you get to that point, you may need to do some combustion safety testing as part of that because you don't wanna leave the house in a condition that might be harmful to the occupants. We'd like to say, um, First, do no harm, but also last, do no harm. Make sure that you're, you're leaving the home. And it's a pretty simple, straightforward set of tests. And so the um, building analyst has that capability, and it works really well in an insulating contractor environment. So what does it take to become a BA? So to become a building analyst, um, some people may have already had the knowledge and may have all the facets to be able to go in and challenge the exam. However... Um, there's a lot more to it. And um, as Larry was explaining, it not only, you know, tells you, you know, shows you throughout the house and teaches you building science and houses a system. It also teaches you, and especially for the insulators, um, why you air seal and what are the adverse effects when it's not done correctly, right? And so you may have insulators and um, other contractors and workers that have been in the field build for 20, 25 years, and they still learn something new to be when they go through a building analyst training and are taken into a house. A lot of the times, these most of these trainings are done in a house. And a lot of times the contractors themselves will offer up a house. And then they are actually shown um, what, what is working and what is not working in a house that they may or may not have um, done insulating and air sealing in. And so what, to become a building analyst, there's two. There's a, an exam which includes both an online exam and a field practicum. And what they're do, what you're doing with the online exam is testing the knowledge base of whether or not you have the innate knowledge of of a building analyst and what it takes to go in and actually assess a house. And then the the practical test, the field exam, actually tests whether or not you have the the uh, abilities to use the equipment and actually go in and look at a building and assess it. So you've obviously got a, a class for this where people can go and, and uh, gain all of the knowledge and pass the test. But 
when you look at, so you've got the BA, there's lots of other certifications. What, what do you guys feel is the best path for insulators or building performance contractors? And if you think back to the Great Recession, uh, where there was a lot of money put into the industry and, and a lot of people came into the industry and found the training and got um, um, their certifications, but they didn't have any real experience in doing the work in homes. And in a lot of cases, um, they didn't stay with the industry and that's not something we want. And we may see that kind of um, incentives again um, in, in this new administration. What we want to do is find people who are, um, have some experience with homes and who can uh, start by learning things like how to insulate properly, how to air seal properly, how to ensure that you're doing that. You may learn how we have a certification called uh, infiltration and duct leakage. It's simply learning how to use a blower door and duct leakage equipment. It sounds complicated. It's not that complicated. And if you go out and use that, you know, 100 times or 200 times, when you get into building analysts, then that equipment is no longer mysterious. It's something that you know how to use and you can, you can start thinking more about the, um, the issues that the house is presenting to you as a problem. And no house is alike, even in track houses, but there are a lot of similarities and you can, you can know where to look for the air leakage, but it's a lot better to use the blower door equipment so that you can that guides you to find where the leaks are so that you can properly seal them. So if I'm trying to get an IDL or an infiltration duct leakage certification, about how long does that take? We have um, trainers who um, use the uh, distributor network like ID, uh, excuse me, like IDI and, and contractors, technicians come in and you can spend a day learning how to use that equipment you may not be proficient at it, but you understand how to use it. And then you can take the uh, practicum exam uh, after that. So it's not an enormous uh, commitment of time to get to the um, IDL, infiltration and duct leakage. Um, air leakage control is a little bit more complicated because there are different types of um, penetrations that you find in a home and you want to be able to uh, seal those properly and make sure that you have done that properly. But again, you learn it, you test to it, and you're back out in the field uh, using that knowledge. So what would you say is you guys' fastest growing certification right now? Well, IDL has been our fastest growing certification for several years. Um, and and coupled that with, uh, we introduced a building science principles certificate of knowledge and a reference guide seven years ago. And, and what we wanted was that people didn't fully understand how a house works. What are the, it's, I mean, I use the word physics and it might scare people away, but you know, how, how does a house work? What are the things that you need to know about a house and, and um, this is written in plain English with great graphics, and, and that has been growing enormously. And it helps people in the 
high school environment, in the community college environment, decide whether or not this is a career path for them. And they can move on into uh, IDL or air leakage control and then move up to BA. It's kind of like a career path. Well, and I, I think, you know, just understanding building science and building science principles is the greatest thing you can know in our industry. What do you, Larry, you know, you see a lot more than just BPI. What, what do you think is the greatest opportunity in home performance right now? Well, I look at um, 134 million homes and I grew up in the trades, um, much like John, I've seen a lot of silos. I've seen contractors and I, I bring them into my own home they, they know their skill and they don't appreciate other skills. And so sometimes one trade tramples on the other. And what we're trying to do is integrate those trades so that they're communicating with one another and not affecting the other in a negative way. We're trying to think of the house as a system. And ultimately, this is all about the customer experience. Their home is their castle. You want them to experience it in a way that is comfortable, healthy, safe, and yeah, um, energy efficient too. So you guys have something called the Gold Star Program. What, what, explain the Gold Star Program to me, because I know that, uh, you know, some of our guys across the nation are part of the program and they've become Gold Star contractors, but most people out there don't really know what the program is or what it can do for them. I'm going to let John talk about this, but I'll start. Um, look, this the, the, the companies that become Gold Star um, do join us because they have a commitment to delivering quality for their customers and they want their staff to be trained up and certified to deliver high quality work. What we offer to them is um, regular um, webinars uh, with industry professionals, with consultants who really help them uh, improve the delivery of quality at the job site for the customers. And, and so it is a commitment of their, on their part financially, but what we provide them is discounts for certifications and other uh, value adds that I'm going to let John talk about. But ultimately, we're looking for a better um, customer experience through high-quality contractors. Yeah, so the the uh, BPI Gold Star program is really, you know, since we're not a membership organization, it's really an accreditation program for the contractors. And um, early on, BPI had what was just called BPI accreditation. And what that was, was, you know, contractors sign on the dotted line to a commitment of quality, commitment of getting staff trained and certified, um, and then we would implement quality assurance on a portion of the work that they were doing. If we found problems, we would be the cops and the jury and um, would take action on the contractors in the way that we needed to, depending on what, the, what was found during the quality assurance inspections. What we found out was that was not necessarily the best way to implement an accreditation program, that we needed to get these contractors trained up. We needed to get them uh, uh, moving in the right direction, especially with quality management systems within their businesses, so that we didn't continuously find bad work on quality assurance inspections, right? Um, so in 2015, what we did was we launched the Gold Star Contractor Program, 
which was now moving the quality assurance of the back end to quality management on the front end. And like what Larry was saying, uh, providing them the training and the webinars that they could attend by uh, individuals that were providing unbelievable training um, regarding quality management systems, culture within the company, changing the culture and the dynamics of a company and, and you know, getting rid of fear and instilling trust within the workers and, and the upper management and the owners. Uh, and, and for doing that, contractors were still signing on the dotted line that they would commit to quality, that they would commit to certification, they would still commit to training. And for that, we would offer them specific, you know, discounts, like Larry was saying, uh, including peer-to-peer -peer mentoring. So if you had a contractor that um, wanted to get into home performance, they had the ability at no charge to talk to a, a successful home performance contractor. And some of these contractors, you know, they're multi-million dollar companies, $28 million, $30 million companies. And so they have direct access to the owners of those companies. Um, to find out how they did it and what what pitfalls they're going to run into launching a home performance business. And um, so that's what the Gold Star Contractor Program is really about. It's about building up the contractor's business and making them sustainable, making them um, a, a, a very strong company that, that will sustain business. Well, it's certainly access to a tremendous brain trust. My word, right. that's, right. you know, what that's a right. benefit that is. So playing off of that, if you think of, you know, what, what I see happening in the industry, obviously, is health driven. We've, you know, moved into our houses. We've seen, obviously, the virus come and things like that. Most people didn't realize how bad their house was till they were forced to work at home from it, you know, and they were there all the time. But where do you guys see the future of building performance in our industry? What, what, if you look down the telescope or, you know, through the crystal ball or whatever you want to call it, what, what do you guys see? I, I think um, I'm the poster child for the person who should have known more about their home and, and learned about it through um, experiences like moisture damage that got into the ventilation system of the house. And I had kids who were um, um, very competitive soccer players who were getting sinusitis from issues in the home. And, and so, you know, one of the trainers came into my home uh, one day and said, you know, is your home, um, does it, the basement always have moisture issues? And I said, <laughs> only when it rains. <laughs> And I lived at the bottom of two hills, and so the moisture uh, table was high. Um, boy, you know, we've always had health and safety as part of our motto, but we decided that what we primarily were doing was looking at gas leaks and combustion issues. And re in reality, our homes affect us in many more different ways that our contractors the contractors in this industry actually can do something about, and it takes some knowledge. Um, and, and so we created the Healthy Home Evaluator Certification. That's where we started. And it is a higher tier certification. It requires uh, one of four other diagnostic certifications like Building Analyst. And it enables the individual to go into home and be able to understand conditions that they see or measure that could be having an impact on the health of occupants. And through an interaction with those occupants, you may discover that 
there are asthma issues. You don't know that the house is actually doing that, but why not optimize the house so that there aren't uh, triggers for am asthma symptoms? And, and so you can try to, do, as a kind of a indoor environmental um, specialist, you're, you're just looking for those things that can negatively impact health. And that has taken off. We have about 425 healthy home evaluators across the country. And we think it's a perfect addition, especially in this pandemic, to, um, to our offerings to the industry. But we realized that it is a pretty high level and a lot of people aren't gonna go through building analysts to get there. So we introduced last summer, the healthy housing principles certificate of knowledge, just at a certificate level like building science principles with an excellent reference guide written by primarily Kevin Kennedy from Children's Mercy Hospital in Kansas City. Now we have the ability to work with community health workers, in-home nurses, those people who go into a home, they may not be contractors like an insulation professional who does air sealing, but if they see something, they can say something and bring those people in as a trusted trade. I like that. I think that this hits on a, a bigger thing, you know, it, uh, and, and I plan on doing something with Peter at some point, but Peter Trost, you know, pointed out there's 417 million searches last year on Google, is my home making me sick? And I see this as just an exploding part of our trade. So that brings us back to, you know, construction's busy, everybody's busy. It's hard to add people to anybody's team. So we have to look at the other side, and that's obviously workforce development. And I know you've been really involved in that. Uh, can you talk a little bit about workforce development, Larry, even down to high school and some of the things you guys have been doing as far as getting IDLs and stuff like that into that? And uh, just, you know, what, what you guys have been doing in terms of that? Yeah, so, so we want to reach people when they're in the formative years and trying to decide where they're going to go in their lives. And, and um, I was mentioning uh, earlier to you that um, we had a conversation yesterday on workforce development, and we realized our messaging really is uh, pretty, pretty um, bad. Uh, that's probably the diplomatic way of saying it. But there are a lot of people out there who are on screens, young kids who are thinking about where they want to go in life. And we haven't told them that, you know, there's some really cool equipment out there that you can use. And you don't have to sit behind a desk. You can be out and in, in outside and, and you can be, you know, going to places and homes and being the problem solver. You know, use this equipment and, and you can have a, a good paying job and, and this can start. At the high school in Connecticut, we have a technical high school system that has developed, starting with building science principles. The idea, the goal here is to get them to a certification either on the solar side or on our side, um, energy efficiency by the time they're um, a senior with in internships with contractors, they can come out being job ready. That doesn't mean they're professional, but they're ready to get into the trade. And, and we have a need, we obviously have a need in this industry of bringing people in. 
And uh, we haven't done a good job. As we all know, the, the workforce is aging and, and uh, heading toward retirement. So we need to bring in a next generation of people who get this and can see a career um, in the trades, whether, whether it's insulation um, and making the home comfortable or the comfort systems through HVAC, my sense is some of that may come together. Insulation companies may add in the HVAC to offer a comprehensive package. And once people get that idea, they like selling it. They know that they're making an impact on the lives of their customers. So we've got a workforce challenge. And I know that IDI is in a place where if the trainers can deliver good people ready to go to work, you have a system to place them with your top contractors. We should really explore that. Well, we do. I, I want to go back to one thing, though. Before we leave the, the, the high school realm, we'll say, or, or we'll just call it the searcher, I, I think you, you said a couple of things that I really like. And one is, you know, some people are altruist. They're, they're very concerned about sustainability and the earth and things like that. And honestly, there's nothing greener than what we do. But you said you could get this equipment, you could play with it, you wouldn't be stuck behind a desk, and you would make good money. I think a lot of people don't realize the wage scale for construction. If they did, I think we would have a lot more people in it. But also, it's intimidating when you don't know it. And I love that you guys are showing that, you know, it's, you could say it's not rocket science, but it's certainly building science. You don't want to take for granted what we do anymore. We've learned that due to, you know, take your house as an example, due to moisture. So, I agree that our message really needs to go into different buckets to attract different people. And you're right with placement. You know, I think we all need to connect a whole bunch of places where people can find construction work. The last thing I want to do is have somebody graduate, be excited and then not be able to find a job where they are. So certainly I know we could do a better job. We've got about 6,000 insulators, and we could certainly put up a site, but there's not a day that goes by that I don't talk to one of them, and they're looking for two, three, four people. Well, good heavens, does that mean I could place 5,000 people next week? Maybe. So I agree with what you're saying. I think that all of us need to work together on this because it's such a gap in our industry that, you know, SPFA, the Spray Foam Polyurethane Foam Alliance, uh, those guys, and there's, you know, places on Facebook like Spray Foam Worldwide, there's uh, so many places that people are trying to post jobs. And if we could get something more central that would be easy for them to find, I think that would be outstanding. And, you know, I would even come back to you guys if if you had uh, just even links to all of the places that do this. And certainly, you know, I wouldn't be opposed to doing the same. I, I think it's a tremendous thought. And we want them. We want them all, and we want them when they're excited. I can't fit in certain places in attics anymore. We need small, <laughs> little people. Yeah, we were talking <laughs> yesterday on workforce development. And, and, and you know, uh, if the person's too tall, uh, they may not work, fit in this, this industry. Um, it's true. You know, and there are certain openings that, that I probably wouldn't fit through anymore. But, you know, it, it, it is 
a certain kind of person. Yeah, crawl space um, work. Boy, I, crawl space is, you know, absolutely critical to get that right and get the moisture out of there and air seal it properly. And a lot of the old thinking on ventilation in crawl spaces has been debunked. Uh, you can go to crawlspaces.org. Uh, it was built by Advanced Energy in North Carolina. A lot of great information on how to do it right. Um, but it but takes just, somebody I little. Just, and they've got to be willing to work in, you know, dark, dank spaces, no windows. You know, it's it, it's a unique uh, career that, yeah. back to your other point, it does pay well. And it needs to well, be done. And, and this brings me to another point. We're um, in, in part of a, a training network proposal to the Army in their COOL program where they are going to be paying $4,000 in the last year of service uh, for the, what's 175,000 people who come out of the army each year to get trained and certified. Now, these are people who have discipline. They've had, they have mechanical aptitude. They've had a lot of training while they're in the army uh, and they do want to go home to their community. And what better than to give them a skill set? Um, they're going to show up. You don't have to worry about them showing up on time and, and being disciplined. And, you know, for that matter, um, you live in Texas, um, you know, a crawl space or an attic in the middle of summer is, is not pleasant to a lot of people. Um, but for someone who has served abroad in the army, this may not be all that bad. So it's a lot better than a foxhole. Yeah. So we see a huge opportunity to provide training into that network of people as they prepare to come out and they have the GI bill where they can get additional training, uh, later when they're engaged in, in working. So we would love to work with the IDIs of this world to say, if we get them trained up, help get us get them placed so that we meet this demand problem. Well, I can't think of a better person to place, that's for sure. You know, people that can uh, take a directive, go and get it done, and, you know, and this isn't, uh, you know, so to speak, one sex or the other. You're, we're starting to see so many women uh, come from the armed services, really come from everywhere. You know, you've got the Army, but then women, I think, is a whole nother category. We've got so many women coming into construction, owners, sprayers, you know, people doing fiberglass. I'm amazed by the amount of women coming into the trades, and I love their attitude, the, the way that they look at projects, the sincerity they have on trying to get the building envelope correct. W what do you see as far as women in BPI? Yeah, I mean, I would say that uh, women in general communicate differently, and I think it's a little easier to establish con connections. Um, and... Um, they listen really incredibly well. So in the, uh, aside from running the company, they have an ability to connect. And that connection is always important in a sales process. Um, and I welcome it. it. I, I just think that we need greater diversity in the entire industry. Um, and, and so th this sea change is something that is happening uh, whether we like it or not, it's happening, and we should embrace it. What about you, John? And I can follow up on that. Yeah, I was going to follow up on that. We have um, one of our Gold Star contractors. 
started in 2005. She started with her father. Her father had an insulation business, so she joined him in 2005. And their business at that time was a $2.2 million annual business. She started into home performance two years ago. She started, well, actually um, about 10 years ago, she started bringing in um, HVAC into her insulation business so she could build larger scopes and, and take care of the house as a whole. Uh, two and a half, two years ago, she brought in HVAC by herself into the company, hired in a bunch of techs to go with the insulation crews, and her business this year will be doing over $12 million. Outstanding. Yeah, and she's... Uh, upstate New York. Upstate New York. <laughs> yeah, and not in, the, not in the very richy part of New York either. <laughs> Let's put it that way. She just... Uh, you know, her work scope's enlarged, her uh, scope of services enlarged, and she's just knocking it out of the park. Like I said, $2.2 million in 2005, she'll be over $12 million this year. You know, a builder's job is to leave very little meat on the bone. They have to profit in order to get more land, build more houses, do all that. But their job is to get the price down as low as possible. When you look at fixing existing buildings and going in as a building analyst or a building performance person, the wage scale changes. I know people that are in this industry that are above 25% net at the end of the year. And that is a beautiful business. But that brings me to my last point. And I'd mentioned it before when we were talking about building the workforce. How do you see the comparative wage scale for building analysts and home performance workers versus just a run-of-the-mill job out in the world or a run-of-the-mill installer out in the world? Do you really see that the wage scale goes up? I've obviously got my opinion, and I state it all the time, but, but what do you guys see in reality from your side? Well, again, going back to the conversation that we had yesterday on workforce development with contractors, they are saying that the sky is really the limit. And that's a message that they're trying to, to take to young recruits or recruits in general is that you can uh, chart your own career path. And when we own that customer relationship and build out the, the trust with them and you engage, you invest in your own um, um, advancement, there is a career path here and the sky is not exactly the limit, you know, you're, you're, but you, you can earn a, a much better income on the existing home side through home performance than you can on the new home side where you're being chiseled down um, to piece rates. Awesome. Well, I thank you guys so much for for your time today and and for talking about the organization. I just I really hope that this demystifies things. Uh, any parting thoughts that you guys have want to say about the organization or things to come? I'll start. Um, we built um, over the last three years a, a new industry association called the Building Performance Association. It's um, really working with the industry to advance it. It's not trying to, to displace, um, you know, ICAA and, and ACCA and other industry associations, but really to try and communicate that all of these trades need to be able to work together and that we need to make a difference. We need to address these workforce issues. 
and if we can do that, we have a really bright future. So I'm, I'm pretty keen on the success of this association um, and, and where we're going to be going uh, in decades ahead. How about you, John? Yeah, I just wanted to say that regardless of what level of the construction um, industry you're in, whether you're just, you know, if you're starting as an installer or wherever you are, if you're a manager, if you're a business owner or somewhere in between, crew, supervisor, whatever it may be, knowledge is valuable. And having intimate familiarity with the product that you're working with just makes you and your company more valuable. And, you know, getting the building science, whole house, the system, knowledge is just key at this time. I love it. Well, as a company that, you know, we offer uh, free building science courses and all of that to every one of our contractors, I wholeheartedly support this. I think that uh, coupled with what we do, having the certifications, I really do believe that customers pay attention to that. I think women pay attention to that. And that's honestly my main customer. I think everybody pays attention to that. It just shows a commitment to the industry, a commitment to the things that you've learned, and a commitment to becoming better all the time and paying attention to what changes. So for that, guys, thank you so much for your time today and for being part of our podcast. Thank you for having us. Yes, thank you.